Welcome to Found in Space, a science podcast for kids and teens. Elon has a brilliant question for us today, and that is, how do things get out of the Oort cloud and move toward the solar system? So thank you. This is a wonderful question. It gives us the opportunity to talk about some really important things in the solar system, like orbits, gravity, and the outer solar system, including the Oort cloud. So let's start with what is the Oort cloud? So the Oort cloud is a hypothetical area of the solar system. When we say hypothetical, that means that we think it exists, but we're not quite sure. It's not like the asteroid belt, that we have a lot of examples of things in the asteroid belt, or the Kuiper belt, that we know there's lots of things in the Kuiper belt. But the Oort cloud is probably the farthest out region of the solar system. So when we say something is in the solar system, or it's part of the solar system, that means that it is orbiting around the sun. So the sun is the gravitational center of our solar system. And everything from the comets, asteroids, planets, all of that stuff, we're all going around the sun. We're held to it by its gravity. That same force that holds us down when we jump off of Earth pulls us back down. Well, the sun is pulling on everything else as well. So the closer you are to the sun, the stronger that pull is, and the farther away, the weaker that pull is. The closer to the sun, the faster you have to go to not actually fall into the sun. And the farther away, the slower. So the Oort cloud is probably an area really far away from the sun. When we talk about how far away things are in the solar system, we use a unit of distance called an AU or astronomical unit. And that's equal to Earth's distance on average to the sun, because we change a little bit, not very much, but we change a little bit as we go throughout the year. It's about 93 million miles or 150 million kilometers. So when we measure where things are in the solar system, we say, how far are they away from the sun? Well, the Oort cloud probably starts at about 2,000 AU out. Wow, right? 2,000 times as far away from the sun as we are. And it might go out as far as an entire light year. So a light year is a unit that is much farther than an AU. So for comparison, one AU is only about eight light minutes. A light year is how far light, which is traveling the fastest possible speed that we know of, can travel in a single year. It's about 10 trillion kilometers. So that's really, really far. Now the Oort cloud probably has icy bodies. It's probably full of icy planetesimals. So planetesimals 
are the building blocks, the pieces that if they came together, if there was enough of them that came together, they'd make a planet. So when we look at something like a big asteroid, that's a planetesimal, right? It's a little piece of a planet. So there's probably icy planetesimals and maybe even some dwarf planets out in the Oort cloud. Now, what makes it different from some of the closer in regions is that we think the Oort cloud surrounds the solar system like a big bubble. So if you think about the main plane where most of the planets are, it's kind of shaped like a frisbee with the sun in the very center and all the planets and the close in planetesimals going around more or less flat like a big frisbee or you could almost think about it like saturn and saturn's rings right if saturn was the sun and the rings were where the planets and the asteroids and things were orbiting well the Oort cloud goes every which way it goes up and over and around and this is probably where many of what we call long period comets come from so comets are these icy bodies right and if a comet comes into the inner solar system where the Earth is, where we live, well, that part of space is really close to the sun, right? We said Earth, we're only one AU away from the sun. So it actually gets really warm in our part of the solar system. And so something made from ice falling in, well, that ice, what's going to happen? When ice gets hot, it stops being a solid, doesn't it? So it actually is going to sublimate or sometimes you'll hear this called sublime. It's where it goes right from a solid to a gas. It's gonna skip being a liquid at all. So it goes right into this gas and pieces of it start to break off and fall behind. And so when we see that in the sky, it makes a tail and that tail bounces light from the sun off and it looks really, really beautiful from Earth. So a long period comet is one that takes a really long time to go around the sun. It comes into the inner solar system and then it goes back out. And maybe it goes back out for hundreds or thousands of years. Now there are short period ones and they maybe only take a few years. But where do these really long period ones come from? Probably the Oort cloud. But again, we don't know for sure that the Oort cloud does exist. We think that it does. And we think that it's full of these leftover bits of icy things that maybe got pushed out a little bit when the solar system was forming. Now you might be thinking, well, why don't we know whether it exists or not? Well, the objects in it are smaller than big giant planets like Jupiter. It's pretty easy to spot Jupiter, right? Jupiter is huge. Also, Jupiter is really close. Jupiter orbits the sun at about 5 AU, so only five times as far away from the sun as we are. Now that part of space is definitely a lot colder than our part of space, but it's nearby. So it's near enough that actually Jupiter, you can see just with your human naked eye. You don't need a telescope or any sort of fancy equipment. But the things in the Oort cloud, they might only be a few meters or a few yards across or they might be maybe a few kilometers across. Maybe they're just the size of a city, or some of them might be as big as something the size of maybe a county or a state. But remember that they're really, really far away. They're at least 2,000 times, if not many more thousands of times as far away from the sun as us. 
So it's like trying to spot a grain of sand on the mountain on the other side of the river from you, really, really, really far away. So we're looking for them, but they're hard to spot. Now, the second part of this great question was, well, what makes them move towards the solar system? So remember, they are actually part of the solar system. The Oort cloud really is part of the solar system. It's just kind of the outside shell. If you imagine the solar system like an egg, it's the, the shell of the egg. Well, to come into the inner solar system and become something like a long period comet, something has to, to disturb their orbit. Remember their orbit is their path around the sun, but they're so, so far out from the sun and the gravity is a lot weaker out there that if something from outside the solar system passes by, Maybe the sun passes by a brown dwarf or maybe a red dwarf star and the gravity from that star just barely tugs on some of these planetesimals out in the Oort cloud a little bit, then that could just nudge their orbit enough that it sends them falling into the inner solar system. Maybe there's an interstellar asteroid right? An asteroid that comes from another solar system and got kicked out of its solar system or lost out of its solar system. And it comes by close enough that its gravity, it tugs on one of the planetesimals a little bit, one of our Oort cloud objects. And sometimes those Oort cloud objects, they might come close enough to each other that the two of their gravity tugs on them enough that they start to fall into the inner solar system. Now, the challenge right now is we haven't found any of these objects yet, so it's hard for us to study them now. We can guess that some of the comets that come into the inner solar system come from the Oort cloud, but we've never found anything in the Oort cloud to start to study, well, how do they interact with each other? So right now, we have a lot of guesses about this region. We guess that it exists. We guess how it was formed. We guess about how these objects might interact. Now, these are all educated guesses. These are based on other research that we've done, other things that we've studied and what is likely to be the case. But we still have to search and find out more and get better telescopes, more observation time, and most importantly, more scientists, especially young scientists like yourselves, thinking about, well, how do we learn more about this region of space? Okay, Elan, thank you for such a fantastic question. I'm so glad that you've been enjoying the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for being here with us, learning about space, being excited about space and science. And if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to talk about here on the podcast, go ahead and have your folks send it to the email in the description box. And I hope that, as always, you have dark skies. And remember to stay curious.